My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Jenny Dean Schmidt. She is a wife, a mom. She's served as the host of Channel Mom on Denver Radio and National Podcast for six years, and she also serves as the executive director of Channel Mom Media and Outreach. Lots of interesting things to talk about today. Jenny, welcome to the show. Oh, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Erin. Well, I'm excited to jump right in. So a fun, interesting fact I read in your bio, um, you met your husband, Mike, in nursery school? Yeah, kind of early, huh? So early. Like Like that never happens. (laughs) (laughs) No, we grew up in a small town in Minnesota, and I like to tell audiences that I speak to that we used to sleep on little nursery school mats next to each other, and now we get to sleep in a great big bed together. So we've upgraded to that through marriage. Yeah, I met him at a little Baptist nursery school when we were about four years old. So cute. And you guys, so you've been married for how long? 27 years. So awesome. And you and Mike, your husband, have two um, children, Otis and Georgia. Love those names, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Otis was my husband's idea. And at first I said, you don't name someone you love Otis. <laughs> just, just in general, as a but general then, rule. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a salt of the earth name, but then it has totally grown on me. And he's the only Otis in about a 3,000 square mile radius. And it, 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 you know, it's a very uncommon name now. I was going to say, does, did it come from somewhere as an old family name or? No, I, and I think, if I'm being honest, I think he heard an Otis Redding song on his way home from work one day, um, and he named him that. And I don't want to be politically incorrect, but I happened to be working at a Cleveland TV station at the time, and uh, I, you know, I had a number of African-American girlfriends, and they were all like, girl, you just gave your child a black child's name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, it's pretty rare, his name now, but I, but I love it because he stands out. I mean, all I have to do when I call his school is say, can I speak to Otis? Because he's the only one in his school. Exactly. And then, so, uh, and then what's the age difference on your two kids, Otis and Georgia? Uh, my son, Otis now, it's so weird for me to say, is 18 wow. and my daughter is 14. So they're four years apart. They get along? Very, very well. I mean, it, they went through a stage where when they were both sort of being coming into teenagehood um, or she was entering it and he was already in it where they fought a lot and they both thought the other one was overly emotional or overly prideful or whatever it was. But um, and they didn't and they fought about stuff a lot. But but they're really good now, especially I think maybe as he's getting ready to leave for college, um, they both realize they're going to miss each other. So they're being extra nice to each other. So awesome. I, I, yeah, we talk about, I, I mean, we're in that season right now, Bernice three, and where yeah, everyone asks us, Hey, when are you having another one? We're like, we're not sure, but you know, I think about that a lot and their relationship and how having a new, an entirely new baby would, would change the dynamic of our entire family. So it's just interesting to ask people. It does. When, when I was pregnant with Georgia and actually I had a miscarriage in between Otis and Georgia. And so I identify with any mom out there who's gone through that. But, um, when I was about to give birth to Georgia, I sat down and wrote this long letter to my son Otis, which is in sort of his treasure box now to explain to him that I would love him the same no matter what forever. And, uh, I wanted him to understand that. And I will confess to you and to any mom out there who's considering this. He did go through a time where he just looked shell shocked. 
like, oh my gosh, I've, I've lost my position as the apple of my mom's eye because, you know, I'm nursing my, my daughter. I'm, I'm having to care for her, you know, more attentively than him. He, she's always on my hip. He's now on the ground, you know, um, you know, he was four, so he was old enough to start taking care of some of his own things. But I, I, I remember my husband saying it's affecting him and, and I would have to have little dates with him, just him and dad would take care of the baby because he was, he did break down once in a little breakfast place. I remember and saying, I, you know, I, I feel like you love her more than me. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. But I think after 18 years, it's now kind of come full circle and he'll, he'll say things like, I'm your favorite child now. I'm my mom. And so, you know, they, they go back and forth with that, but it, it is a tough balance to strike. Well, and, and it sounds like too, I mean, you learned early on, like back when they were crawling and, and like just in their early years and you're trying to juggle everything and like you, mother to both of them. And, and so the time that you spent as a stay at home mom in those early years, like was channel mom born during that season of struggle for you? Like what was it like in those early years as, as you, you were struggling yourself through, you know, trying to raise these two kids? And then how did channel mom sort of enter into that season of your life? Well, I want to ask you a question first because I, w- I want to answer this in, in consideration of where you've been. Mm-hmm. As I recall, I think you and I have spoken before. You, didn't you also go through sort of a depressed, um, struggling time? Or am I incorrect about oh, that? Oh yeah, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like I, I, you know, I have worked my entire life basically from the moment I could work to you know having babies, and then you know you, you're you're at home and you're alone. And I thought, you know, I thought all of the motherly maternal instincts would kick in right away. And a lot of them did. But my struggle was with breastfeeding. I just it didn't come naturally to me. Everything was weird and new and different. And I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I spent many, many a day just hold up in my condo by myself, you know, not working and just looking at this baby going, I can't feed you. I, I don't know what to do. I'm embarrassed to talk about it. And yeah. I mean, any mom out there knows that struggle is so hard, especially when you're trying to do it alone. Yeah. And that, and that is why Channel Mom exists, is to encourage moms who are going through stuff like you went through. Mm-hmm. I, my very brief explanation of, of how Channel Mom developed in that time of my life is this. I was in television for many years. I was a TV reporter, um, and I took myself very seriously when I was on television. And ba- I was on TV back in the day as a reporter when there were only, you know, five to ten stations. And so we were kind of mini celebrities in whatever town we were in, and people would ask us for our autograph, and we would, uh, you know, host celebrity events and things like that. So I sort of bought my own press and thought that being on TV made me important. Mm-hmm. And it had been a goal my whole life to, to be a TV reporter. And so I, I, that gave me my meaning and um, my sense of importance and self-worth and all of that. And so after I had our first child, I actually lost my job at the, the station I was working at. My, my contract came up for renewal. We had a new news director, and he chose not to renew me because he wanted his own people. And so that is when I had had my first baby. And so suddenly I was without what I thought gave me my sense of importance and worth and um, meaning and, and all of that. And it was kind of my religion, to be perfectly honest. Being on television and being you know sort of pseudo-famous was my religion. And, and now I was at home with a baby, and I felt like nobody thought, I was important anymore. And, and as much as I loved my son, oh my goodness, I loved him so much. So I didn't feel bad about him. I went into this place of, oh, loss of identity and desperation and feeling like my life just didn't matter anymore. And nobody thought that what I was doing had any meaning. 
And so I sat there for about a year in, in what I would call a postpartum depression, um, loving my son, but feeling like my life, you know, was unimportant now and thinking, oh my goodness. And, and, and by the way, in the middle of all that, I came to God and I came to know Christ and, and he found me in my kind of wrecked, dim, diminished, humbling place. And what I realized was there are moms all over America who don't realize how important they are just in and of themselves in their mothering. And I thought, you know, I, I thought the only way I was important was in my career. And, and God knows that I'm just as important as a mama, and I'm raising his next generation. And so I thought, I need to go back to the media and, and disseminate a message that says, oh, moms, you are so important and so much more than just, you know how we say, I'm just a mom? We're so much more than just. And I think uh, God called me to go back to media and, and, and to do outreach to moms to say, let us help you, let us encourage you, let us remind you that you have one of the most important jobs on the planet. Um, whether you're staying home or also working in another job, your mothering job is so, so important, and you are blessed and, and called and, and um, just immensely important to the creator of the universe while you're raising his, his babies, you know. So that's my, my long story short. And I think he gave me the idea of Channel Mom, and yes, it did start to sort of give its, you know, come to fruition, and, and I gave birth to it as I was raising my little ones. It's so awesome to hear you talk about that. And I want to kind of stay here for a second because I, I have a little tug on my heart about the moms who, you know, who maybe don't know the Lord or just aren't saved yet or don't have like a real meaningful connection in terms of faith. That was definitely me. I mean, it took yeah. God worked on my heart for years to just soften it enough to let him in. Will you share a little bit about that time? And, and, you know, obviously the struggle, like before coming to Jesus, like ha having him, you know, be a part of your life is, is a, a dark, you know, broken struggle. But will you talk a little bit about how did that happen to you right in that season of motherhood? Will you just share that, that story? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love talking to you, Aaron. You and I have the same passion and the same energy. And I'm, I'm sure maybe some it's people are like, talking man. to you, by the way. You're just yeah. going to get me like all jazzed up. And I like it too, because you're not just because you're like, a, you know, a TV personality, but you just talk like a real human being. Not that other people yeah. don't, but sometimes, you know, people don't talk like human beings. So I just appreciate no. it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I do. And, and on purpose, because I'm so real. I'm not, I'm not impressive. If you came into my house right now, you would not be impressed. So um, yeah, I, it would be an honor and a privilege to share with somebody in the hopes that somebody out there who's on the fence about God might just get a little nudge from my story. Um, I grew up, it, it's not going to take as long as it sounds like it does when I, when I start with my childhood, but I grew up in a house of all unbelievers. Um, my dad was a theologian who studied religion for, for a living, um, but he was a sophisticated intellectual theologian, and so he wasn't somebody who thought the Bible was true outright and that Jesus was the way, so to speak. Now, mind you, I, I love my parents very much, and I, and I know that they take um, Christianity very seriously, but they would not say they were followers of Jesus or that they believe Jesus is the way. Um, but I still adore them, and I want everybody to know that. So I come from a family of all unbelievers, They're all intellectuals, I go through my life thinking, you're kind of dumb if you buy into the fairy tale of the Bible. If you really think, you know, Jesus saves and Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you're kind of a simple person. And, and, uh, and so that was always a, a place of resistance for me because I thought, I'm going to be a dummy if I buy into this stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, when you drop to your knees in a place of depression and in a place of being diminished and feeling like you're nobody, which is what happened to me when I left TV, uh, everything changes. And so I, for about a year, I just fell on my knees and said, God, wherever you are, whoever you are, please find me because I, I need to know that my life matters and that life is, 
um, is going to be okay because you know I went in this dark place. You think nothing matters, and 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 death seems you know um, scary but tempting at the same time. I mean, I hope I'm not freaking anybody out by saying that, but you're in such a dark place that that nothing seems to have meaning. And so, as much as I loved my son, I was in that place, and and I cried out and uh, repeatedly over and over, Lord, you know, who are you, God? I need you. I I don't know who you are. Um, but I, I remember, um, one day in particular when I was still in the midst of my depression, I, uh, decided that I needed to get over myself and I decided to volunteer for a special Olympics event. And my husband was a football coach at the time. Um, and he was taking his football players down to Denver to volunteer for the special Olympics event. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put my baby in a backpack and we're going to go down and we're going to volunteer for this event. So I remember going down working with the kids and, and going off into this little garden in the middle of, of the special Olympics uh, ceremony or, or, you know, uh, special events and thinking, this isn't helping me. I, I'm, I'm still focused on my own darkness and sort of wandering around this garden myself and thinking, God, I, I, I need help. You got to rescue me. And that same day, I believe it was, I went to my parents' home and they weren't there. And I remember lying down on my parents' master bathroom floor. And I think my son was maybe asleep in his car seat in, inside the house. You know how you bring your child in and they're mm-hmm. still asleep. And I remember lying down on that bathroom floor and, and crying out to God and saying, I cannot continue to exist in this darkness. I, it makes me not want to live. I, I don't know the meaning of my life. Everything feels dark. And I said to myself, and I think I said it out loud, I don't care if this sounds weird. I don't care if my family judges this. I'm just going to say it. Jesus, will you please save me? And I remember getting up off that floor and going back up to our house in a little town in Colorado in the mountains called Bailey, Colorado. We still live here. I went up to our house. It was dark um, inside, and, and I went up to the upstairs where my son's bedroom was. I lay him down on the changing table to change him. Uh, I flicked on the radio. Now, mind you, I wasn't a believer at the time, so I, I didn't listen to Christian music. But I flicked on the radio next to his bed. I lay him down on the changing table. I started to change him, and as I was changing him, my little boy, you know, he's about one and a half. He doesn't speak much. You know, he's a one and a half year old, reaches up to grab me around the neck and pull me down to himself while I'm changing him. And I thought, well, this is weird. He's never done this before. So I, so I let him hug me. But mind you, he was a boy and he was bare naked at that point. So I was a little worried about what was aiming at me, right. pulled myself back up, um, continued to change him. He, he reached his arms up again to pull me down to himself to hold me. He did that, Aaron, repeatedly, probably four or five times. He kept reaching up and insisting that he should hold me. So I remember the very last time when I looked at him and he was holding his arms up to, to pull me back down to himself. I thought, this is so odd. He doesn't even seem like my baby. He seems almost like an adult. He had a seriousness in his eyes. He had a strength in his arms. And I thought, this is just odd. I don't know what's going on here. So I thought, I, I guess I'm just going to let my son hold me in his arms. So I, I leaned back down and let my baby hold me in his arms. And as he was holding me in his arms, I listened suddenly to what was on the radio. And the song that was on the radio was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And in that song, it says, in his arms, he'll take and hold you. And, and something like, you will find your comfort there. And I remember it all came into clear focus. And I suddenly realized Jesus answered my prayer in the form of a baby boy, like he did 2,000 years ago. So there my son was holding me. He never did that again. He just held me in his arms, and I listened to that song on the radio, and I thought, he has taken me in his arms, and he's holding me, and I'm going to find my comfort here. And I stood back up, and I started crying, and I remember I'm actually in the room right now that I'm talking to you on the phone. I'm 
sitting in this room. And I remember saying, if I don't believe it tomorrow, I believe it today, that this is where Jesus found me, and he is real, and he will save me. And it's been a struggle, because I do have a very intellectual family, and they don't share my faith. Um, My kids do share my faith, because I did bring them up to know Jesus and to love God. Um, But it changed everything for me. I suddenly understood that, that no matter how wrecked the world is, no matter how sinful the world is, no matter how hurt we are inside, that, that God came in the flesh to fix it all, to fix it all. And while we don't see it yet, and that it all has to be, you know, finally completed one day and in heaven, um, he is here and he is real and he's, he's, he's changed it all for us. He's, he's died for all of it and it's all okay. So oh, Jenny, that changed everything I'm so for me. glad I asked you to share that story. <laughs> Oh, thank it's you. It's so thank good. You. It's so good. And I just, I, as I'm sitting here wiping tears away, I just, I, I love that because one, mostly I identify with your story resonates for me because I, you know, in the middle of my cancer stuff, I was on my parents' master bathroom floor um, oh. saying that very same thing. So it's just, it, it, it tugs at my heart a little bit, but I love that yeah. story. I think too, because, um, you know, a lot of times we, we want things and we're, we're hoping for things or that things would turn out, you know, a, a, a different way or that things would be different and we don't ask for it. And when we yeah. when we do ask, God's right there. Yeah, just we don't have it because we don't ask. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, um, yeah. And well, he sends he sends signs and wonders and symbols. And so so look for the totally. symbols of him in his life. In in this life, you know. I want to add one quick thing. I think sometimes with people who don't believe, they think, well, I can't see God. So why would he need to show up and show me to himself? And and he's he's separate from this world because the world is sinful and he's so pure. He can't exist right next to it, right there visually. And he even says in the Bible, I'm invisible to you. I'm invisible to you. One day you will see me, but I'm invisible to you. So I don't want people to lose the idea that you can have faith in him just because you can't see him. He will show up. He will show up in, in, in signs and wonders and symbols, and he did once in the flesh. And so I don't want people to give up on that just because they can't see him right in front of themselves. Totally. I, I have so many examples of that in my own life. Um, yeah. I, so <clears throat> I want to, and I could talk about this forever, but I want to stay on because I, I think just for our listenership and for the moms that are out there specifically, Channel Mom has just grown and expanded over many years. And it not only supports moms through media, but there there's on-the-ground work that you guys do through Channel Mom Outreach. And I want to I wanna just ask you for a second to kind of redirect our conversation toward the outreach arm of Channel Mom. What is the mission for it? And what are some of the things that you guys do? Okay, thank you for asking that. Yeah. I, I want to just encourage any mom, and, and you, Aaron, who's listening, and I know you, you write your books and do all kinds of wonderful things for moms, don't despise the day of small beginnings because this has been a long work for me. This has been a 13-year process, and it's still, it's still a process, and, and it's a slow build, a very slow build, and that's okay because God has given me time to do the other things I'm supposed to be doing at this stage in my life. He's given me time to raise my babies and, and not grown Channel Mom exponentially so that I couldn't take time to raise my children. Um, so I just want to encourage any mom out there who's trying to build something and it's very slow. It is slow, and that's okay. Um, so let me just say that you know, first we exist as a message in the media to say motherhood is very important and we're here to encourage you. So that's why we do the radio and the podcast and the YouTube channel. But beyond that, 
I feel like God has asked us to have feet on the ground as well. He sort of showed me a wagon wheel once, and he showed me that Channel Mom Media was the hub in the, me- in the middle. And he said, but daughter, does a hub of a wheel ever touch the ground? Mm-hmm. And he showed me that, no, it doesn't. So there it is. It's in the airways, and it's, it's you know broadcasting an important message. But we need to have spokes that go out and touch the ground. So that's how he inspired me to set up Channel Mom Outreach. And I'm glad you asked about it because we're in the midst of, of doing some new things. First of all, we do work with other outreach organizations. MOPS International is a sponsor of ours, and so we do things with them, and we do things with the marriage ministry called Love and Respect to help marriages, and they come on the show a lot and and counsel moms who are struggling in their marriages, and we have links to all kinds of ministries and outreaches. We also give um, a grant on a couple times a year to a homeless mom graduating from a homeless shelter here in Denver. A single mom gets one of our grants to kind of set her up in her life. And we want, we're wanting to expand that to shelters across America for, for homeless moms who are, who are getting out and need a little bit of extra cash to get them going in their life. So if anybody's hearing this, please contact us at channelmom at gmail. I'm ready to answer, and, and we'd, we'd love to talk to you about that. I also go into prisons and speak to moms who are in prison. So, so those are ways in which we're reaching out to moms. But here's the last piece. We're trying to set up something across the country called Channel Mom Coffees. And what they would do is a play, it would be a place for moms to come and get hope and healing and help. And it would be an extension of our broadcast. So if you want to host a Channel Mom Coffee, you'd say, I want to host a Channel Mom Coffee. You would get a 15-minute broadcast from one of our shows. And then in addition to that, you would get the materials related to that show. So let's say we had somebody on, a marriage counselor, Dr. Emerson Egerich, on from Love and Respect. And he's talking about how to fix your marriage. So he would come on the show. You'd get the 15-minute broadcast of that, which you'd rebroadcast in, in an MP3 or MP4 form at your little channel mom coffee. Then we'd give you the materials, maybe his books or pamphlets or something like that. And then we'd also ask you to have a local person on site, you know, a marriage person on site to help with that particular coffee. So it's a way to say, okay, not only are we broadcasting in the airwaves, we're also reaching out on the ground to you by, by creating these little channel mom coffees all over the country, kind of like a mops meeting, where moms of any age can come. So you can be raising toddlers or teens or be a grandma. And you can come and get the message of the month and, and get some resources of the month and fellowship with other moms and be loved on. And it's a way for us to reach out to moms all over the country who just need face-to-face encouragement and face-to-face information for their lives. So, so we're trying to grow that, Erin. In fact, San Diego is one of the first places where you live is going to be one of the first places we try to set up the first Channel Mom Coffee. Um, and then it would be a monthly thing. And we do one here in Denver as well. Well, so, as you even that- describe it though, too, it's like, I mean, first of all, I love coffee, so we can start there, but, <laughs> but I mean, if you're thinking coffee, about, I can okay, show up good. and drink coffee with other moms. That sounds awesome. But then the whole, you know, advice and just being together, but the resources and, and I love mops and mops was like the place where I could go to get that support early on. But, you know, as you yeah. grow into different seasons of being a mom, like it, it's not, I mean, it's not that I just want to be around one's one sort of group of people who are in the same season as me, you really want to get that global perspective, right? So that's why like mentor moms and some of the, some of the people that come in and speak to like a mops group are so, so valuable because they have a completely different perspective. They've been through different things. They're in a different part of life than I'm in. And it's, that's the the valuable part for me. I just think when we can all get together and not necessarily be in the same situation, but all of our different situations can pour in and really make it valuable no matter who comes. Right. 
That's right, and thank you for amening that because it is. And and I and I miss Mops. Now Mops also does something called Moms Next, which mm-hmm. I speak to as well. But but I I do think, and I think even Mandy Arioto, the new president of Mops, has, you know, I've talked about these things with her, and she agrees. We need something for any mom at any stage to be able to come and fellowship in. And and I know Mops is trying to go in that regard as, to grow in that regard as well. But this is something Channel Mom is now trying to offer all across the country. So anybody listening to this, I would be honored if you would contact us either through channelmom.com or channelmom at gmail and um, we, you know, tell us if you want to set up a coffee. Now, I will confess that we do want to have, uh, we do want to bring God into the mix. Um, so, so we want somebody who, who loves God and loves Jesus to lead these things. And, and certainly moms who are not there can, can attend, but we want somebody that's more mature in their faith to be leading the coffee, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally makes sense. Um, Gosh, I'm so excited about about all of the things that you have going on. And I, I know we're almost out of time, but I, I want to get to the book that you're writing. So you have a new book that you're working on, uh, and I'll let you introduce it because I'm just, I'm so excited about it. But will you, is there anything you can tell us about it right now? Absolutely. And you are a blessing to me, Erin, because you, you motivate me to say, oh yeah, I am doing something that matters. Um, <laughs> You're yeah, doing I'm, so I'm many in- things that matter, Jenny. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, and raising my babies is one thing that matters. Uh, it's called Just a Mom, uh, seven, seven Mothering Secrets. And I have um, kind of gone across the country in some ways to interview different mothers, some famous, some not famous. Um, one of them is Gretchen Carlson, if anybody knows that name, from Fox News. She and I used to work in TV news together. Um, but then uh, there are moms that you may not know. I have a mom who is a foster mother to 103 and also had three of her own. So over the years, she has mothered 106 children. Oh and and so I tell their stories as best I can to encourage other moms whatever, wherever they're at. Um, so I'm using moms of all, color, all colors and all backgrounds and all predicaments and all circumstances to, so that there's, there is information and advice in all of their stories that, that other moms can be encouraged and helped by. So it's called Just a Mom, and each mom gives one mothering secret in her story to, to help another mom who just needs to glom on to something in her own mothering walk to, to help her. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Thanks for asking about it. Oh my gosh, totally. Jenny, see how long, how fast these interviews go and now we're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. God bless you, Aaron, and all that you're doing and, hey, and oh Bible my gosh. Bells and all of it. Thank you. Um, and you're going to be on my show. Coming yeah, up. I know. I'm so excited. So hey, when we end um, each episode, we do something quick at the end. It's just three rapid fire questions called The Scoop. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So obviously this podcast is called Heroes for Her. We love heroes for girls. When you were a girl, who was your hero? Oh, goodness. I mean, I looked up to people like Nadia Comaneci, who is a gymnast, even though I'm like 5'9 and I can't do gymnastics to save my life. But, of course, you know, I, I, Mother Teresa, I, I loved who she was, you know. Totally. Second question, what is a piece of advice that you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Gosh, I, I, you know, there are about a million I could come up with, but I, I guess maybe the life is messy one. Just to remember daily, life is messy and it's okay. Um, and, and what goes along with that is just do what you can do and God will do the rest. Because we all live in messy mothering. We just all do. And so I, I want to have grace that I bring to that. It's okay, Mom, if you're looking around right now and you think, my life's kind of messy. It's okay. That's the, it's, everybody's life is messy. Um, and God has so much grace for that. Find the joy in the middle of the mess. Third question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? (sighs) 
to let everybody know that they're loved, like literally instantly. As soon as I walked up to them, they would know they're loved. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Where is the place? This is not a scoop question. This is just the last question as we wrap the episode. Where is the best place for people to go to find out more about you and Channel Mom and just everything that you have going on? Thanks for asking. I don't know when people are listening to this, but I want them to know they can find you. Um, We're doing it this weekend, and I don't know when this particular podcast is airing, but they can also go back and find you on our podcast. So go to channelmom.com. You can look at all of our podcasts, and you can find my interview with Aaron and all the other interviews I've done with with really well-known moms, really famous moms, and not well-known moms, and experts and authors and and marriage specialists and single mom um, encouragers and so on. Channelmom.com. We're also, we have a channel on YouTube, and um, you can contact us via email, and I would love to hear from you at channelmom at gmail. I think those are all the places. And we're on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook at channelmom. Got that, everybody. And then we'll have all the links to Jenny and Channel Mom and all of the different outreach and support programs that they offer. So make sure you get connected online and we will have those up on our site as well. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. By the way, we're also on Instagram. Forgot to say that. Oh, yeah. uh, God bless you and, and your ministry, Erin. Thanks for having me on, on your podcast. I love it. Thanks so much, Jenny. Have a good one. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at BibleBells.com. Just let